What's up and welcome to another episode of the Grindline Podcast. You're listening to episode 212. I'm your host, Greg. I'm here tonight with Ryan and Tyler, and we have a pre-trade deadline kind of little special thing to go over before we have a guest on next week. But how are you guys doing tonight, Ryan? I'd say special is one way to put it, so we, we can go with that. Oh, the team's very special. I'm good, though. I'm good. We've all got drinks of choice. Looks like, Tyler, are you drinking chocolate milk over there? Protein shake, buddy. Mm, so basically. Nah, chocolate milk, 12 years old. <laughs> I got some whiskey. Greg's got some beer. So makes, it makes sense. It's fitting. Yeah, we're going down to the, uh, we have a little uh, Irish pub right down the street from us. They have uh, 1099, everything on the menu. Uh, so after we're done with this, we're going to go down there and have dinner. I totally thought you were going to say you got your protein shake from the Irish pub. I needed I need a little something after the gym. So but uh, yeah, you don't go down there for some fish and chips. No, we do not go down there for some fish and chips. It's a good spot. We go down there on Fridays. They have like live music and shit. So is that cool. one of the bars you can just walk to? We could. Yeah. Yeah, we could. Make a fall over walking home. That'll be St. Patty's Day, I think. I think that'll be the, the day we end up doing that, um, including walking down there, maybe at 9 a.m. Uh, but no, I'm doing good. I mean, I, I really can't complain other than this fucking nagging shoulder injury that just for some reason won't go away. But I'm going to have to take a little bit of a break from lifting, which kind of sucks. So, hey, fun fact, it gets worse. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure it does. But you know what? At least if I take care of it now, I think it won't it won't be as nagging going forward. So. Oh, it doesn't matter. Once you hit 30, it all goes downhill. Tyler. I'm not yeah. 30 yet, Ryan. OK, no, yet. It, all, it all goes to shit. It, it all just goes straight to shit. But we're going to place Tyler on LTIR and we're going to talk about some trades tonight. So uh, word word is going around and there's rumblings out there. Tyler Bertuzzi like put word and not words. No word is going around like the bird is the word. Everyone's talking about it. Yep. Literally. So, Tyler Bertuzzi is basically a trade target number one. It was announced basically that not announced, but it is out there in the ether that Tyler Bertuzzi's contract talks have gone south, that it looks like he wants a contract that is longer than what Iserman is willing to offer. So he has jumped up trade bait boards as far as that TSN is now putting his name up on the television. And that is kind of a big step for them. So we will be going over the trade bait boards. Tyler Bertuzzi is the only Red Wing on there. But I had my thoughts earlier on Twitter because now you can write books on Twitter. Apparently we have a 4000 character limit on Twitter for tweets. That's what it is now. It's 4000, 4000 characters, Ryan. Why do we need all that? I mean, it's it's good for just the subscribers or the blue. It is for Twitter blue people only uh, verified accounts. It is so that I don't have to make like a 20 tweet thread. I can just put everything into one tweet and you can click read more and it brings it up in like a reader instead of like a bunch of separate tweets, which is cool. It'll be cool for stuff like when I'm trying to recap a press conference or something. It makes live tweeting a little a little more kind of like everything in one spot. So everyone can get a recap at once, which is pretty cool. But I have my list of people that I'm going through that people thought were targets or maybe available for trade. And I think we'll go through line one by one and see how we feel there. And I think we're going to start with the one that is definitely, I think, off the table now that is Dylan Larkin. It was reported from, I think it was peg note at the fourth period that yeah. uh, they're probably going to meet somewhere in the mid eights. It seems closer than it's ever been. I have a feeling it'll get done before trade deadline happens. And uh, Larkin is going to stay at Detroit Red Wing. I don't think there's any question about that. Now, I still think it's going to hit around the eight, seven, five number. I don't care if it's under nine. 
like great it's win. a win yeah win. because i know we were all between like nine and a half or 905 and like nine four for our preseason prediction even though we all felt like he should be closer to about eight five so if you're coming in that eight five eight seven five range let's go because you've got a two-way center arguably depending on what team you put him on or how you want to look at it great elite tier so do it I'm fine with it. And he was on, they had him on an NHL network tonight too, talking about that. So if that's the case and how things, how quickly things changed going from the all-star break and speculation of, oh, is he upset? Is he going to get traded to now Larkin rebuffs all of that in his comments saying that, no, I want to be here. We've had good conversations. I don't know where people are getting their stuff. And oh, weird. A week later, two weeks later. Huh? Crazy how this is playing out. After having an awesome two goal night, him and Bergie lit it up and it just he's he's playing with confidence and it, he's playing knowing that he's getting a contract, basically. So, I mean, it, it'll be good. It'll be good to lock Larkin up because he is your best player. And if you get him an elite winger and I, ha- I hate that I have to keep telling people this, they're like, look, at you can't compare him to Stamkos and all these other people. It's like, get him an elite. Why winger. not? Get him a Kucherov. Get him a, a, a <laughs> get him a Pasternak. Go get him someone who can just score goal after goal and his points will go up. Someone that's a good passer, good playmaker. Not saying Lucas Raymond isn't going to get there because I think he will. But that's like a Lucas Raymond at 25 years old. That's or 24 years old. That's not a Lucas Raymond right now who's like 21. See, the so, Lucas Raymond that I see right now, and I'm, I'll, I'll give my Larkin thoughts in a second. But the, the Raymond that I see is, is a headsy player. Um, and I know I hate to make the comparison to Zetterberg because I know Zetterberg played some center. No, and, save that for Bergren. And, and was a lefty and everything. But Bergren, whatever. Is that how you say it? <laughs> Either way, it's that, he's, that, he's been called both, and both are acceptable. Greg, I like Ber- I like Bergren. I think it sounds. Uh, it is. Better. I usually say Bergren. I know we've talked about this multiple times. Dylan Larkin came out post game press conference last game. It's Yanni Burgers. That's what they came up with. Yanni My double Burgers. Whopper tweet was a hit. That's all that, I'm going to go with. That's amazing. Anyhow, so, I mean, I, I see a lot of Zetterberg and Raymond. I, I, I don't know if that translates to a 30 or 35 goal season like Zetterberg had had in his career. I could, um, you know, but so far I, I see a lot of, of Hank in, in, um, in Raymond. But anyways, going back to the Larkin stuff, yeah, he's going to get signed. We all know that this is coming at some point. It's just a matter of when it when it gets to the point where pen meets paper and, and the contract gets signed. It's the worst kept secret in the NHL that Dylan Larkin is not going anywhere. Uh, like, I don't know where some of these clowns like Biz and I like Biz, but but some of these people online are saying that, oh, they should trade Dylan Larkin. They should trade Dylan Larkin. They're not going to be able to sign him like they're going to sign him because What's what's the other option? What what is the other option? Restart there is your no rebuild. other option. Like that sets you back at least three years if you if you trade Dylan Larkin and you don't have a replacement for him. So yes, is Dylan Larkin a Stamkos? Is Dylan Larkin a McDavid? Is he a Crosby? No. But is he your first line center? Is he your captain? Is he your heartbeat of your team? Yes, absolutely. So that's that's my take on Dylan Larkin. They're going to get him signed. I would say even if it's nine, I don't give a shit. Just get the contract done. Get it out of the way. Make it stop. I don't know that it's been a distraction per se, 
No, not been a distraction, but it's brought out a bunch of idiots. It has brought out a lot of idiots. And you know what? It brings out speculation from clowns and everything. So it's just like, you know what? Let's just get this contract done. Let's get it completed. And let's stop talking about it from now. Like, it's just, it needs to get done. And it's going to get done. So I guess that's my take. I'm not going to say, okay, let me rephrase it. Not that the people are idiots that are saying this stuff. The stuff they are saying is idiotic. That's what it is. Um, it's like some really, of the people that are know. saying it might be pretty idiotic as well. I'm not going to say any names. I'm trying to give them the benefit of the doubt is that the comments they're making are really, really, really uneducated. Also, I might want to push back on what you guys said about Larkin being the best player on the team. Me and my roommate Dan had a little bit of a discussion about this. Most Sider might be the best player on the team. Most it's getting there mo is still in year two he's still working on stuff i would say i mean like some of the stuff that cider does and you know yeah now he's playing with Sherrod again because wallman's hurt right some of the stuff he does is just incredible and you know what at his age it's just like he's so graceful like like I, I hate to sound like a weirdo like that, but like he really is graceful with the puck and, and even without the puck and defensively he's getting better. So I, I, I would push back and say that Cider probably is the best player on the team. We can say that Cider's the best defenseman by a country mile and that Dylan Larkin is the best forward pretty much by a country mile on the entire team. So you can have your best in each category. Uh Tyler, you just Tyler just dreams about Mo Cider skating down the ice Gracefully. every night gracefully With the jersey flying in the wind the like LaFleur. so the next player on my trade list Oli mata um i fully expect him to be traded to a contender i mean he's been solid all season even though he had pneumonia and he really helped bring kind of philip peronic out of his shell and get him to play his game a lot better and it seems like wherever you put mata the person he's paired with is is becomes more solid defensively so i think mala mata mala I think Mata is gone at the trade deadline to who I don't know. And I think on any of these people, you are going to have to retain some salary on because the teams that are in contention and that are going to be in the playoffs are really, really cap strapped, which is not good for them. uh, But it's good for us because the more you can help them out, the more you normally get in return. But I fully expect Oli Mata to be gone uh, at before the trade deadline. I think it really depends on what happens with this with this stretch here. with with this Canadian road trip, you know, I mean, you could see us keeping Olimata. No, I, I think it. No, sorry. Yeah, but if it. if they're two points out of it, you can't punt on the season like that. I mean, there's seven right now, so I guess if you get to eight and nine and ten, and then you can probably call it a, a day. But I mean, right now they're kind of in it, especially you know. I guess that you know Vancouver tonight. It's not a foregone conclusion that you're going to win the game. But it's certainly, you know, a possibility. And then maybe you can steal one against Edmonton and Calgary could be a loss or you just beat Calgary and then you win all three. I don't know. I mean, it's certainly a possibility. I'm not saying that they're going to be in the playoffs. I'm just saying if you're two points out, um, you know, in a couple of days or, or three points out with a couple of games in hand, I mean, you still you can't punt on the season like that and trade Ole Mata. That sends a bad message to your team, I think. I don't think it would be a punt on the season. I think you have to look at it in the sense of look what he did last year with Nick Luddy and bringing in Jake Wallman. Well, I also think you need to look at it in the sense of you have competent defenders that you can bring up in place of him. Well, that's true. You can bring Edvinson up. 
that too. But I mean, you have you got to think that for most of these trades, I mean, we talked about Burton Mata. So we'll, I'll stick to Mata here, but you retain half his salary for the remainder of the year. You're at 1.2, 1.125 million. Majority of teams that are going to be in playoff contention still can't make that trade fully without offloading something. So if you're getting an NHL potential caliber replacement, not necessarily one for one, but you got to pick as compensation, take on, retake some salary to help this team out a little bit. Now you're looking at the Nick Letty, Jake Wallman trade of last season. That's where you kind of maybe wonder who could that work out with and which team could that come from? So that's where it would make sense where you're not punting on the season. You're either refilling from within, which very much can happen, or you're taking on someone that's just right there on that cusp. That's younger. That fits that Jake Wallman type mold. Yeah, I guess, I guess that is a good way to look at it. I'm just saying like, you know, you like people always say buyer seller kind of thing. Like the, I guess that would be like a situation where you're not really selling, but you're not really buying either. Like, is, yeah. is that, is that kind of what you mean by that? Like it'd be a soft, buy, soft sell maybe because you're bringing in likely draft capital on that trade, which we know with Iserman is huge, but you're also bringing in potentially an NFL caliber player nfl nhl NFL. caliber player yeah sorry mind on last night in bringing in a linebacker to the red wings yeah so you've got you might need one but you, you see where i'm going with it like that that could be that's kind of where i'm trying to maneuver some of these moves they're like trade scenarios because teams are gonna have to offload unless you're seeing a three-team deal i could see it but i mean maybe if you move him even to a a team that's right outside the actual playoffs in a wild card spot to a team maybe like the Minnesota Wild because they're rumored to be trading Matt Dumba. They have 3.7 million in cap space left. If you even retained half of Mata's salary, they've got the room to take it and you could get picks in return. They've got a second round pick. They've got a fourth round pick. They've got all their picks in 2024 maybe because they're going to have to give up uh, a Dumbo because they're not going to be able to re-sign him and you might as well trade him while you can, that they can get a replacement and so on like Amada so they can keep pushing for a spot. Yeah, I mean, I guess the the one thing that, and I guess we'll probably talk about this, but the guy that I look at uh, in terms of someone that you would extend yourself to trade for would be Timo Meyer because, you know, that would be a guy that you could trade for he instantly solves a, a major issue that they have in scoring goals. And I mean, I'm not saying that he's going to help, you know, the power play and, you know, have it become, you know, the best power play in the NHL or anything, but he certainly would help it. That's for sure. And then, I mean, you know, he doesn't solve every single problem you have, but on offense, he certainly could put the puck in the net. And that's something that the wings have lacked for a while here now. So, I mean, that would be the one guy that I would say, you know what, on this list, you could trade for him and, you know, you'd have him. What is he's Is he a UFA after next year? Timo? Yeah. Uh, no, this is his last year. He has a $10 yeah, million dollar qualifying offer. So you'd have to extend him long term at under that $10 million, which is why the Sharks can't do it. I mean, they could do it if they wanted to. They'd have to have a huge fire sale. They they would definitely need to get rid of Eric Carlson like now. Yeah, that's that's another rumor that I see people saying that, you know, maybe he'd be going to Edmonton or Buffalo. There's only a couple teams in the NHL that can take on 
either half his salary. Well, I mean, some teams can take over his full salary, but but I mean, there's not many that can take over his full salary. Some can take over half, and and you'd probably have to move some money out and. You know, it, that's why it gets so complicated. Which is of one of the reasons why the NHL is just you want to make the NHL exciting. This cap is killing it. Our trade deadline sucks because you can't move big name players or bigger contracts because no team that's competing has any money. Well, maybe the general manager should be smarter with with managing the cap, kind of like, you know, the wings were for years and just Chicago and Pittsburgh and. Tampa Bay was for years. I mean, you got to be smarter in managing it. I know it hasn't gone up, but no, but that's the problem. That's that is the issue. Yeah, that it hasn't you've had up. a flat cap for what? Three seasons now and contracts have gone up, but the cap has not gone up. And that's what's killing people now. And I've got ideas for it, but no one wants to hear about it. So yeah, it, it, just think of a world where San Jose is probably going to be paying Brent Burns for two more seasons after this. And Eric Carlson for another four. Yeah, see, that's what we're about to have. It, it doesn't make any sense for about five million of their cap. I bet Minnesota too, with with the Parise and Suter contracts that they yeah, but those out. are buyouts. These are the, Brent Burns is at least retained salary in the trade to, to Carolina. Dude, Parise Suter is their own fault by buying those contracts. Out. Yeah, that, that I don't understand the point of that. They only had what one or two more years left on their deals. Yeah, they're making. Both of those guys are making 6.13 from the Minnesota Wild starting uh, 2022-23. Oh, so this year. Then $7 million next year and $7 million in 2024-25. And then it goes down to 833000 for three years for both of them. That's Terrible, insane. Bro. And Bill Guerin's a good general manager, but that I don't know what the point of that was. I guess to get younger, but still. Well, if we're going to talk about Timo Meyer, I think this is a place where we can talk about... Tyler Bertuzzi, because I think this may be a situation where you might be able to pull a three team trade in order to get more assets to trade for Timo Meyer, because what's, I guess, being reportedly asked is like a first round uh, first round pick and like an A level prospect, which Iserman, I don't think is going to touch unless he can get another first round pick from another team. And I mean, maybe get give up someone like a William Wallander because you're not giving an Edvinson and you're not giving a Casper. So maybe you can get two. Maybe you could give up two what would be considered higher tier prospects and a first round pick to get a Timo Meyer. So I think you may be able to get a first for Tyler Bertuzzi. And the teams that are reportedly looking at Tyler Bertuzzi are Edmonton, Dallas and Tampa. I'm not going to touch Tampa. Tampa's prospect pool sucks. And unless they're going to give you someone like uh, Anthony Sorelli or they're going to give up, give you a good defenseman, which they're not going to do, then Tampa's off the table. Uh, You look at Dallas. I think Dallas is your best play there. They don't have their first round pick, but they have a top prospect in Logan Stankoven. They've got a top prospect in Maverick Bork. I think Tampa is where you're going to get your best value if you take prospects there for Tyler Bertuzzi but again they don't have a pick and if you're going to Edmonton Edmonton has their pick they also have a Dylan Holloway which is uh, one of their top prospects that I think you could probably be able to pry away from them because it's Ken Holland and Ken Holland and Iserman have a good relationship so I think that Edmonton has the picks and the prospects to get it done. You might have to take back a contract because they don't have as much money. But I think that if if 
Bertuzzi is going anywhere out of those three, I think Edmonton makes the most sense for a complete package as to where Dallas makes the most sense if you want really high-end prospects. But I think you may be able to do a three-way trade there to, to get more assets to get a Timo Meyer. I love the Timo Meyer thing. I'm telling you that that that's where I would I would look. I mean, I guess it depends on what the price is. High price. What do you think it would be, though? They're talking first round pick plus a top prospect. I don't think they're going to go for a guy that's not even in North America yet. Yeah, I get the idea. Greg, you mentioned Wallander, Wallander. Sure, go for it. But I feel like they are going to want someone that is knocking on that door. And him not being here yet, like he he can't help them next season. I mean, he might be able to if they fast track him. I mean, it depends on who you talk to. They would argue that he could be that guy that comes in next season and is making an initial roster, but it's unlikely. And I feel like that's where you look at what's in Grand Rapids right now. That's what they're going to want. Which is, I mean, they're going to want a Simon Edvinson at that point. Then, yeah, exactly. we're not giving up Edvinson, but I, I, that that's the one guy I wouldn't give up. And then obviously, Kosa, I wouldn't give up either. I wouldn't give up Marco Casper either. I wouldn't give up Casper either. So it would have to be Wallander or you know one of the defensemen in Grand Rapids, um, other than Edvinson. Uh, Johansson's the only other one. Yeah, yeah, Johansson. The first round, I don't think the Wallander or Johansson thing like hurts the wings because i think they have a pretty good you know stockpile of of defensemen but the first round pick is kind of where i'm like "Mm." that's what stevie has already basically said this year is that he's not in a position to be able to give up a first round pick because of where the team is at especially with this draft there's gotta be uh... and maybe if it's conditional maybe you say top 15 protected or top 12 protected then you can push it to next year because you figure that the wings would think that next year is a season they can at least make a wild card spot to get into some playoff games late the season. So I wouldn't have an issue with trading the first round pick as long as, like I said, was top 12 or 15 protected. That way you you have the option to move it into the next draft. Yeah, I mean that's that's the biggest thing. You can't you can't be punting, you know, trading first round picks. I mean, they're they're still not really in that position. But I will say one thing: if it's a guy like Timo Meyer, you know, Timo Meyer is going to be able to help you right away. Where a guy that you get drafted, you know, even if you draft a top ten guy, he's probably not going to help you for three or four more or two or three more years at the least, right? With this draft, you never know. I mean, there are some guys in this draft. I think and normally what I say is normally top three picks are the ones that make it uh, have the chance of making it onto the team. They're following their draft year like right away. You may see four, maybe five guys come out of this draft that make their NHL team their draft year. Matai Michkov could have been a guy that, that would be able to play in the NHL, but he's got the, the contract in the KHL till 2026. So and sure, Lord which knows if break. he can get out of that. Absolutely can. The, the NHL and the KHL do not have an agreement. So he can so, just leave whenever he wants? Yeah. I mean, is he it, Yeah, but isn't that contract. what happened with Kaprizov and he ended up staying? Or was that just on Kaprizov's, you know, just that's his, his allegiance to CSK, CSKA? 
most likely because like i said they don't have it's no rules man they have they don't have an agreement so if a player says well i'm just not going to honor this contract they're not going to get paid they will not be they (laughs) they will not be welcomed back in the khl again which is who cares you're in the best league in the world it doesn't matter at that point and i don't know putin might put a hit out on your family And that's I mean, those are really the only things which is kind of the worst part about it now is that your family may be in trouble. But you don't go to Gulag. Your family go to Gulag. Yeah, your family goes to Gulag. But you don't there's nothing stopping a KHL player from saying I am voiding my contract. I am going to the NHL. So I think that's you've got the top 10 in this draft insanely deep. So that is where you want to be. And in even outside of that top 10, there are still some really good picks. So I think if you're giving up a first, especially if you're trying to get a, a Timo Meyer, you are going to be you're going to be protecting that first round pick that you're giving up. Detroit isn't as deep this year in draft capital. So either Iserman's going in for more of that this year, or he really does see this team as turning starting to turn the corner because someone we're having talked about that could end up being a, a trade deadline acquisition is Jake Brana. I don't care that you don't want to hear it, but there's the possibility for the way that he's playing. He could make it back in Detroit from what we've heard. Does that sound like that's the case? No, but it's not out of the question in my opinion. So to that end though, Detroit getting rid of that first round pick. If they're, if it's not protected, it's a terrible idea. Cause they got two second rounders this year theirs in St. Louis, which is the Luddy trade. And then they've got only their picks remaining for the rest of the year. So either he's going to be making hockey trades this season or hockey trades with the twist where he's getting middle round picks to try to be a little bit extra oomph for some of these trades on taking on contract. So let's say you traded Tyler Bertuzzi to the Edmonton Oilers and you got Edmonton's second round pick and you got a Dylan Holloway. So Dylan Holloway is listed on Elite Prospects as a left wing center. He's 21 years old, six foot one, 203 pounds. So big, sturdy guy. Uh, for Edmonton this season, he in 50 games played, he has three goals and six assists for nine points. But he's playing on their fourth line, and it's a guy who has top six potential. Only his second year of pro hockey, mind you. He was yeah. finally T term pro last year. He has top six potential, definitely. And it's just getting him there. And it's hard for him to get there with people like Dreisaitl and McDavid and your their top six is pretty solid. But he's it's so from the athletics says Holloway is a fast, powerful, physical forechecking presence who I believe has a third line floor and the skill to push into a top six role as a complementary scorer and go getter that the Oilers searched for high and low for Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl before they found Zach Hyman and Evander Kane. So those are guys he would have to unseat, which are established NHL players. He's not doing that in year two. Uh, Wheeler has a good read, even though Wheeler tends to hate the Detroit Red Wings. He's got a really good read on Dylan Holloway. And it says he's known as an explosive skater who's normally the most athletic player on the ice, but he's also got quick twitch hands that keep up with his feet and powerful wrist shot release, which help him manufacture offense, both off the rush and cutting off the wall to the slot, power pass checks and get to dangerous spots to create a chance. If we go back a season in Bakersfield, he had 22 points in 33 games. 
And then for the University of Wisconsin, his last season had 35 points in 23 games. So he has the offensive power and he has the skating and he has the IQ. It's just getting him that that higher role. And right now, who's your second line center? Andrew Kopp, most nights. And if you could push Kopp to the wing, I think that's perfectly fine, even though Kopp is coming on. And for the next person that tells me Andrew Kopp sucks, you're getting muted because it, it, that's asinine. Andrew Kopp does not suck. He has not been awful. He was not great to start the year because he was recovering. Stop saying Andrew Kopp sucks. Yeah, he doesn't suck. People can stop with that. The the thing about Kopp going to the wing, I just hate the fact that you you know you just signed somebody to to be your second line center and now now you you know the the idea is to push them on the wing i don't like that doesn't I mean, matter where they play do it, you have to do it it's not a bad thing to have no because if you're bringing in multiple if you think about the wing the wings of old they had centers everywhere that is true i mean i'm not saying it's a bad thing i'm just saying like you know you're paying this guy to be your second line center and just be a top second. Just be a top six forward. Top six forward. So now I guess, you're I guess, paying him to be a second line winger. Yeah, I, I'm. I, I'm good with him shifting because you, you. To your point about Dylan Holloway, you you bring a young, top prospect in like this. Yeah, you're gonna piss off Edmonton, and I love it because that'd be such a Ken Holland move to trade away a top prospect for an, a guy that might get you one season. But the, we're not even talking about the fact that Casper's coming over with him. So you got Holloway. He's he's already on on his entry level deal. He'll, he I think he goes into next season, and that's it. Hold on, let me double check. He's got one more year for his ELC, so that's obviously not something we can slide. But you just tender him for a couple of years unless he goes off. But now you've got him, Casper, under cheap RFA deals going into next season. That's a win in my book. Because now you can let one of these guys making a couple million fall off the roster. I mean, that's going to happen anyways, but you're fully embracing the youth movement with talent, known talent. So, and then if, I mean, like, I, I hate to pipe dream and, and kind of go into this situation where you make multiple trades, but I mean, no, you don't. You love it. It's, yeah. Well, I, I don't, I shouldn't say I hate, but. You know, it is something that's possible where they move a Tyler Bertuzzi out and they bring a Timo Meyer in and sign an extension with them as well. And then there you have your Tyler Bertuzzi replacement, plus you have your, your potential second line center or third line center going forward. So then up the middle would go Larkin, Holloway, and then Marco Casper, whether he's coming next year. Or it'll probably be in Grand Rapids next year, right, would be my guess. Most likely. So, I mean... But, you know, going forward, you have Larkin, you have Casper, and then you have Holloway. Or, you know, Holloway can play the wing, too. So he could be a top six winger. Uh, yeah, he's playing left wing in Edmonton right now. Um, but, I mean, that, I guess that's kind of where I look at it. Uh, the, the one thing that kind of strikes me about Holloway is, you know, his numbers in the Big Ten weren't fantastic. A lot of penalty minutes. Um, so I guess he plays with, with some edge. But the second year at Wisconsin, he had 24 assists. He had 35 points in 23 games, and that Wisconsin team in 2020-2021 was the one with Caulfield, I believe, right? I don't know. I mean, it's intriguing. It's certainly something that I would look at. The other thing that I would look at, too, if, if we're talking about Dallas, Antonio Stranges is another guy that's a pretty higher prospect uh, in the Dallas system that's a pretty damn good goal scorer, and I believe he's a Michigan guy, Plymouth, Michigan, but... Well, if we're going to talk, if we're going to talk about Dallas, we're going to talk about Logan Stankoven because that's what we're going to do. 
Do you think they're going to give that up, though? They don't have a first round pick. So that's Dallas's kind of rock in a hard place right now is when people want good players, other teams want first round picks. And Dallas does not have their first round pick. They traded it away uh, last year in September. So now they have a second round pick. They don't have a third round pick. They have their fourth through seventh. So they are down two picks next season. I would think they would want to keep those picks. So they're going to have to get rid of high prospects. So if you say, okay, we're going to trade Tyler Bertuzzi to Dallas for maybe a Logan Sankova. So he right now is their number one ranked prospect. It says he got, uh, despite his height, he plays a bulldog competitive uh, driven forechecking style that sees him consistently beat bigger, stronger players in battles or to lose pucks or along the wall, shedding pass checks to keep the cycle alive and stay over top of pucks right now in, I believe he plays for Kamloops. Yeah. For the Kamloops Blazers, he has 76 points in 34 games, 27 goals, 49 assists. Yeah. He is projected through 53 games this season to have 118 points, 42 goals, and 76 assists. Uh, He is a fucking force to be reckoned with. In the U-20 game for Canada in seven games, he had three goals and eight assists for 11 points. He is a guy who would definitely, definitely slot directly into the lineup next season if you wanted to maybe bake Casper for another year, maybe. Or he's another one you could play on the wing and it would be absolutely fine. I might prefer him on the wing. He's five foot eight, 170 pounds. So he's a little lighter. Burn kit. Which can be a problem defensively, but from Wheeler's report is not a problem defensively. But again, if he's this high, high powered offensive threat, you might want to play Casper, who's very good defensively. You might want to play Casper at center. Move Stankova into the wing. Punch somebody in the dick. So that's a guy you yeah. want with him. Uh, move Stankova into the wing and just free him up for all the offense possible. So I think that's where I go. The other uh, player that Dallas has that I'd be interested in is Maverick Bork. So Maverick Bork right now is in the AHL, 26 points in 44 games, nine goals, 17 assists. He is 21 years old, 5'10, 185 pounds. So the problem is, is that their prospect pool is a little smaller. But they've got some high end talent. But Stankoven is where I would go. And I might even do a one for one trade there. Tyler Bertuzzi for a Logan Stankoven. So, I mean, you might try and get the only other thing you're going to get is a pick in next year's draft, maybe a second in next year's draft. Yeah, but, but like if you did that, I mean, that that's a win. That's a win. Bertuzzi's probably not going to resign anyways. Expiring contract that he's not signing. You can't. How, how is Dallas going to be under the cap. You're going to retain a ton of, of salary. They can't. Yeah, you could. Sure you can. $300,000 in cap space. They waive a player. They already are one roster. They're at 22 or 23 right now. Okay. They're going to so have you, to offload somebody. You would. You can waive a guy to bring in another guy that would still keep you at 22 or 23. Plus the roster limit after the trade deadline goes away. So you can just call someone up. Give us Miro Heiskanen. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, Miro Heiskanen for Tyler Bertuzzi. Done deal. One for one. There's your hockey trade, Ryan. The other name I was looking at was Ty Delandria. But then you would want to pick. You would want to pick with Ty Delandria to get Tyler Bertuzzi, assuming they had an extension in place. Now, Ryan, you're right. We could take someone back. We (laughs) Ready, Ryan? You could take Colin Miller back. No, no. Here you go. We're going to trade them Tyler Bertuzzi for Logan Stankoven. And Luke Glendening. Oh, 
You know who would be so happy about that trade? 80% of the Red Wings fan base. My wife, Chelsea. Chelsea. <laughs> I don't think the stars are going to get rid of him. He's a, he's a playoff kind of guy. Um, but I mean, the guy I look at is like Colin Miller. He's making eight, uh, 1.85. You know, Hawk and Paws, another guy. Could, could they give you a Kadobin? You, you would want to take back a guy who is, um, whose contract is expiring soon. So I don't know what they want to do. I'm assuming they want to keep a Garyanov. I mean, could you take a Joe Pavelski, who's down to 3.5 million next season? But again, Pavelski is a good player. Finally, get Ryan Suter. Yeah, they're they're not they're not they're not going to give up players on their roster. I think it's more with Dallas. I think it's more prospects, and then you know, I mean, maybe they have to though. I mean, the only other thing you could possibly do is you take Anton Huboden off their hands because he's at 2.2 million. That's a buried buried contract for them that you take off their hands. Yeah, you could do I mean, that. Sure, that's fine. That, that that's what I'm saying though. That's the only way that a Bertuzzi trade's gonna work for them. Sure. So you take Hudobin for his the remainder of the season. You eat fifty percent of Tyler Bertuzzi's salary, and then you get a top prospect and a pick from Dallas. I think Dallas is where it makes the most sense. Unless Edmonton is willing to give you a first and a prospect. If Edmonton's willing Toronto? to give you a first and prospect, go. What if you could get Matthew Nyes? Toronto is in on everyone. Toronto has negative $11 million, and they're still making trade proposals for literally every player. What if you could get Matthew Nyes? But then who? how are they making cap room? Who, I'm what, sure they can Who are you taking back? Out. Who? I don't who? know. Let's take a look at the roster. Let's all their contracts, the all their high value contracts, like William Nylander. Sure. Get Tyler Bertuzzi for William Nylander. Give him the grit to get past round one. I mean, TJ Brody's making $5 million. Justin Hall's making $2 million. They can ship him out. Toronto is in on everyone and they'll end up with no one. That's what's going to happen because they're all the talks today were Toronto and Timo Meyer. That was all the talks today. And unless they get rid of a William Nylander, because they're not going to be able to sign one of Nylander or Matthews, that's going to be the problem. And they're going to do everything in their goddamn power to keep Austin Matthews up to the point of giving him like a $15 million contract to I stay mean, in Toronto. I would if I was Toronto. You can't let that guy go. Sure. But then you really are restarting everything. You're, you have to get rid of if he's making $15 million, you have to get rid of William Nylander. That, you that may. T- you got to get rid of Tavares or you got to get rid of Marner. contract looks wretched. It's beyond wretched. You're going to have to do Dubas will the year after they signed Matthews for $15 million. Kyle Dubas will be fired because the rework that that roster will he need fired before that. Exactly. That rework that that roster will need to be able to fit under the cap. It's the fan base is going to explode. The media is going to explode and the GM is going to get fired. They're undoing was signing John Tavares. I know at the time it looked like, you know, the Leafs, oh my God, you know, John Tavares and Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner and William Nylander uh, and, you know, Morgan Riley. But like that contract, man, I mean, could you imagine if the Leafs had $11 million to play with and not have John Tavares on the team? Because John Tavares, yeah, he's a good player, but I could have told you five years ago that, that at 32 years old, John Tavares was not going to be a fast skater. You know why? Because at 25, he wasn't a fast skater. So 
seven years later, of course he's not a fast skater because why? Because he was never a fast skater. Yeah, he got around and he's a smart hockey player, but he's not a fast player. And the game, by the way, continues to get faster and faster. And, you know, again, like I said, that contract just looks worse and worse and worse every single year. And you see the Toronto media talking about moving him to the wing. You're going to move a, a John Tavares making $11 million to the wing? No. So Tyler Bertuzzi, are we going to say Dallas? Let's say Dallas for the sake of getting the best yeah. return. I would say Dallas. If you're going for picks, you want Edmonton. If you're going for solid players, you want Dallas, right? Yep, that's fair. Yep, that's yeah. fair. Great. Yes. NBA fans, it's time to bring the hoops action to the palm of your hand with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. This week, new customers can bet $5 and win $200 in free bets instantly. Plus, for a limited time, all new and existing customers can get a no-sweat same-game parlay every day. Go to DraftKings Sportsbook app today, opt in, and place a same-game parlay on any NBA team, and if it doesn't hit, you'll get a free bet back. Download the app now and sign up with code THPN. New customers can bet $5 on the NBA and get $200 in free bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA with code THPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. Void in Ohio. See show notes for details. This time of year, everyone's talking about making big changes, which is well and good, but most of the time pretty unrealistic. I've actually found the smallest changes to your routine can make the biggest impact. In the same way, you don't have to break the bank to make a big deal purchase. Even the smallest things can be part of a big change if something you use every day, like my Raycons. Raycon is a premium audio at the perfect price point, so you can build great habits without breaking the bank. Whether you're looking for a pair of everyday earbuds, low latency gaming headphones, or a speaker with a battery that will last all night into your next party, Raycon's got you covered. And yep, Raycon start at half the price of other premium audio brands, so you don't even have to choose between products. You can get one of each or a pair and a spare and still pay less than what you would with some other guys. That way you can keep one pair in your bag, one pair in your bedroom, one pair in your car, and you're still paying less than other premium brands on the market. Even if you know you love your Raycons as much as I do, Raycon wants to make sure you feel great about your purchase. They offer buy now, pay later options, and every purchase has an easy and free return guarantee. Your Raycons have three customizable sound profiles for when you're watching movies, listening to music, or playing games. They get a long eight hours of playtime for the everyday earbuds and 11 for the everyday speaker. And they are water and sweat resistant for those Michigan winters where you have to be out shoveling or snow blowing the driveway. So if you're ready to buy something small with a big impact, go to buyraycon.com slash THPN today and get 15% off your Raycon order. That's buyraycon.com slash THPN to score 15% off buyraycon.com slash THPN. David Perron. David Perron we have for no. one more season. I like him. Uh, today, everyone started calling him a boat anchor and terrible. Um, but David Perron, he has slowed down the goal scoring, which, I mean, it, so has the entire team, really, except for the last game. But David Perron's, I think, value is in the locker room. His value is the veteran presence on the team. His value is keeping keeping the guys in check. He knows how to win. He knows how to stay in the game when the team is losing and how to keep their minds in a good place when the team is losing. I think that's the value of David Perron. He's cheap. You've got him for another year. Could you trade him to a contender? Sure. But I have a feeling they keep David Perron just for what he provides. Not on the ice. Does that make sense? Yeah, I mean, the Perron thing's interesting because 
you know, especially at this point in time, he's cheap. You know, he's making 4.7. He's still got another year under contract. So, I mean, I'm not saying you move him, but I mean, if someone gets stupid and wants a, 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 sco- a goal scorer, like say if Boston comes to you and says, hey, we want David Perron. And I mean, they don't have a whole lot of prospect wise, but they do have a first round pick. And so, I mean, if you could get, you know, David Perron, if you could give him up for a first round pick, I mean, I think you would do it, right? I mean, I don't want to do it, but I mean, if someone wants to get dumb and give you a first round pick or, or give you a really top prospect, I mean, you got to think about it anyways, right? You, you don't just say no to a deal just because of the player. Like, I mean, the only one that I would say no to on this team is probably Larkin, Raymond, and Cider. And maybe Bergeron, right? I don't think anyone is giving you a first-round pick for David Prawn. So what would it be? A second-round pick? If you're lucky. Yeah, Dude, it's not ben a first. Ben Sherrod got a first-round pick last year. And that was really fucking stupid. It was stupid. But also, the, it's it, Brandon Hagel got a first-round pick a couple of years ago. Uh, and uh, who was the other one? Who was the other one? Um, Ryan, uh, Ryan Hartman, got, gave, they gave up a first-round pick for him, Nashville, when they traded for him. So it's not unheard of with, with, with a, when a team gets desperate, especially with David Perron being cheap. You could take on half the salary if you wanted to. I'm not saying that you would do that, but, I mean, say that someone was going to give you a second-round pick and a top prospect, you have to think about it. You still are not at a point in time where... If, if someone is giving you a second-round pick and a top prospect, you take it and run. That's what because I'm saying. No one is going to give you that for David Perron. And David Perron's past 11 games, he has five points, two goals, and three assists. 34. I guess, yeah, that's that's the other thing. He is kind of. Yeah, but you eat half that salary this for the remainder of this year and next. It looks like a really good veteran deal. It does, but it's not give me a second round pick and a top prospect deal. I think if you can get a second, if you can get a second round pick, I'd do it. I think that's the thing. If you can get a second round pick for David Perron right now, and it's a, a team that it's probably going to be a later second round pick. It's not going to be maybe L.A. gives you their second round pick for for David Perron. Does L.A. have a second round pick? I didn't even I look at that do. before I said it. But I'll tell you right now, I, I'd say that that's that's probably what you're looking to do. They do have a second round pick. Yeah. They have two third two third round picks and they have a second round pick and then they're, they have their first as well which they're probably going to give up for Chickering because that, that deal seems imminent. So if you said, hey, if LA said, hey, we'll give you a second round pick for David Perron if you eat half the salary, they get him for another year. Uh, they right now have $825,000 in cap space, but they have, uh, con- they've got contracts falling off at the end of the season. And I don't think, like Ryan said, that looks like a really good bet contract if you get David Perron for half the price that he's making right now. And they make a push and you get a pick and you're happy at that point. I think that's that's OK. But if if someone's offering anything less than a second for him, I'd rather keep Perron. But if someone offers you a second or a really high prospect, I'm trading him. Jake Wallman. Don't trade Jake Wallman, please. Please extend Jake Wallman. Jake Wallman. So I had put up a poll on this, actually. So the poll was, what should Jake Wallman's contract with Detroit look like? And I put up two different scenarios, a three year at five million or a five year at four million. Um, I'd be okay with a five year at four million for Jake Wallman. I think that is would be variable or tradable if you had to retain some salary on it. A three year at five million, that is 
a little more than Hronik is making, but Jake Wallman's been a top pair defenseman on our team. And his numbers, he is right behind, I believe it's Adam Fox at expected uh, goals per 60, right behind Adam Fox. So I think that's where I'm looking with Jake Wallman is he has shown to be a very effective offensive defenseman. Uh, he did get hurt last game. He is still day to day, but I don't think it's anything terrible. He has had shoulder repair surgery before, which can be kind of, I guess, messy. But I think if you got Jake Wallman in the three year, five mil range, maybe three or four and a half, I'm I'm taking Jake Wallman because he has been fantastic with Mo Sider. I mean, he'll be 27 in a week. So if you're looking at a four or five year deal, you're taking him through his prime. And for a defenseman, that's what you want. Now, is that the window that Detroit needs? Probably. But the biggest thing, and I know this is probably a crutch to lean on to, but does his skating and speed maintain throughout that? My gut would say yes. But that'd be a worry. So, I mean, but if you're looking at a four or five year deal, I don't think you're hurt by that. It's going to be the cost. So, if you're keeping that sub six, Five million, ideally four, four to five million. I think you can get away with it and it not be an albatross of a contract. Should he be paid more than Ben Sherratt? Yes. However, Ben Sherratt also shouldn't be making what he is right now, anyways. So that's where it's like, well, what it, what's a proper value for a guy like Wallman at this point because of what Sherratt's making? Because that's going to be the comparison you're going to run into, which isn't necessarily a good thing. Yeah, I mean the Wallman thing's interesting. Like I I almost wouldn't trade him. You would or wouldn't? No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't unless someone gets really stupid and wants to give you, you know, like their top two prospects and like a second round pick or, you know, a first round pick and a and you know, a top twenty prospect. Tyler, your NHL. trade scenarios are wild. Well, I think I've been, been playing too much NHL twenty three. <laughs> What 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 is a what is something you would expect you would accept for Jake Wallman? Because I mean he's been probably the second best defenseman on the team, and at times the best. Yeah, I think if you if if someone were to twist like my twist your arm scenario on trading Jake Wallman is if someone says we're going to give you um, a second round pick and we're going to give you an A prospect. Because this A prospect, like Jake Wallman can step in and help us now. So this A prospect may need another year to come in and be very effective. I think that is where you got to say uh, Jake Wallman's an expiring player. He's going to want money. Maybe you're, you've had some talks with him and they're not going anywhere. Then maybe that's where you're you're saying, yes, give me a second round pick and an A prospect for Jake Wallman to a team that is desperate because right now he's cheap and they're going to want him for a playoff run. And maybe he he's open to discussions with other teams. Maybe Eiserman says, yeah, go, go talk to other teams about contracts. So that's that would be where I met. But anything less than that, I think that Eiserman can get a good deal done. And maybe they even bridge Walman. Maybe they give him a couple years to say, keep doing what you're doing. Show me you can keep doing this because you got to remember, Eiserman's been watching Jake Walman since he's been in Tampa. That's the other thing is that Eiserman's like this player for a long time. And unless the return is going to be really good. I don't think Wallman's going anywhere. And I think Wallman is more than happy to to be able to prove 
what he knows he can do. He didn't get that opportunity in St. Louis. He's getting that opportunity here. He's getting top pair minutes here, which is even more impressive for what he was getting the beginning of last season, which was like bottom pair minutes in St. Louis. So I think yeah. that is that is where you're looking at Jake Wallman is if someone blows your blows the door down on a trade for you, go ahead. But I other than that, I'm I, he's a guy that I'm willing to bank on. Yeah, I mean, we've talked about it, I think, several times at this point. But when eiserman has been wanting someone to this point in Detroit, he's more or less gone on Gotham in some fashion. So it, like Helbert is a prime example. He picked him up as a waiver or brought him over here from Sweden. Lost him a few times, and now he's back. And we saw Ned as the ultimate sacrifice in the situation. Then he got Wallman. Rumored how he found out that, not rumored, but he found out that Eisman had wanted him, like you said, for the last several years. So if that's the situation, to see him get traded would be a blockbuster, meaning Eisman's getting the, the, the best fleece he's ever had. I mean, I, that that's the biggest thing to me. I mean, you you... Like, Wallman's been fantastic, and I mean, unless he doesn't want to re-sign for some reason, unless you, you've you gone to him and you've tried to sign him and you, for some reason he doesn't want to sign, I mean, that's that's the only time I really, you know, entertain even the thought of trading him, because I mean, you can, you would think you'd be able to get him on a, on a relatively cheap, even long-term deal, really, right? I mean... Even if you gave him like a five-year deal, that's why I said deal, if you got a five-year deal yeah. at around at around the Hronik number. So I don't know. I mean, that that's my thought. So yeah, I think that's where we're all at with Wallman because, like you said, Ryan, if Eiserman wants a guy, Eiserman's getting a guy, and if he's watched him for that long, I think he's he's in the mindset that he's keeping him because he knows the potential that Wallman has. And I'm not going to question Eiserman on the potential of players besides Ben Schrott, but the potential of players. Yeah. Wallman is there. Uh, Dominic Kubelik. Cooled off recently. He has shown that the offense is still there, though. That's the thing, is that he has showed that 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 season he had in Chicago is not a fluke. Um, the cooling off recently, I'm not too worried about it. He's been shuffled around a bit. I mean, Kubelik performed well on the top line, as he does, because, you know, you're playing with Larkin, who elevates the players around him for those that um, need to be told that multiple times. But I Kubelik is another one I don't think is going anywhere. I think he's got more to prove. And again, if someone comes in and says, we want Dominic Kubelik, here's a second round prospect or here's a second round pick and a top prospect. Great. Bye bye, Dominic Kubelik. We'll take the picks and we'll take the prospects. But I don't think I don't think anyone's going to do that. And I think Kubelik sticks. I don't it's it would make kind of no sense to to do to trade him off already because let me pull it back cap friendly here. You've got him at 27. I mean, he'll, he'll be 28 in the offseason. You got him for one more year. He's fitting the mold of reclamation project for Eisenman at this point. And I mean, yeah, he cooled off, but we know what's there. And we made the comparison that he's he was doing what we were hoping Zadina would do for less cost and less age. So maybe a guy like Zadina can pick something up from him. We've been hoping that for a long ass time, especially when it came to Verona. When he came in, but he is a big part of why the team is currently still sniffing a wild card spot, even though he has cooled off as much as he has. So I don't, I don't to me, I, if he was still on the, the path that he was of more than a point per game, then I think he'd be on some of these trade boards right now because you take half that salary. He's an immediately affordable player for most teams 
where you're just ditching off some Joe Schmo contract to make it make it fit under the cap. So I don't know. I, I don't think that he would be one that necessarily goes for one because of his age, but he's attractive, attractive because of the cap hit. I mean, Kubalik is the one guy. I mean, I shouldn't say the one guy. He's one of the guys I would move, um, you know, depending on, you know, what you can get back for him. Tyler says you're going to get four first round picks for Dominic yeah, Kubelik. Four, four first round picks for Dominic, Dominic Kubelik. But I mean, the good thing is for like a com- contender, though, they would have them under under team control for one more year. So, I mean, in theory, you could get a little bit more for him as you than you would for an expiring deal. Well, it's the same situation as Perron. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I mean, just for half the cost, if you're looking at retained salary. The thing is, he is 27. So, I mean, there still is a, you know, a potential, you know, good year next year. And then, you know, either you trade him at the deadline next year or he's able to help your team going forward. So, I don't know. I mean, I, that one I'm kind of torn with. Like, I, I would like to keep him. He has kind of cooled off a bit, as you kind of alluded to. But, like, if someone wants to get dumb, I mean, fine. You know, you have guys, you, you do have guys in the AHL that can come up. Uh, and you know supplement that listen i think we're all for teams getting dumb that's what we're as we're all for it's like eiserman loves the panic mode teams is that that's what happens is they get down to the 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 wire on trade deadline day and they haven't done anything so they panic and then they start throwing picks around and that's where you trade a guy like perron or kubelik because they over offer and that that's that's where eiserman's going to make his money like ryan says that quality that premium old navy fleece that's where that comes into play (laughs) Uh, performance fleece that Iserman pulls off is when when teams start panicking. Premium old Navy fleece. That's what it is. That's what Iserman does. But I'm going to run through a couple that that I think could be traded. I'm not going to go into returns on them because they're low level. And then we'll get to the last couple bigger names before we sign off. Uh, Pia Suter, I think he gets traded because he has quiet 5v5 production. Uh, there's going to be a team that that will pick up on that. Adam Ernie, if you can get a fourth round pick for Adam Ernie, and at this point, because he's in Grand Rapids, I'm not sure that's going to happen. But I think if any, you can get a bag of pucks. If anyone offers you anything, you take it. Oscar Sundquist, love him for his role. Uh, I, could I think see he's the best ex- fit for a playoff team. I think so, too. But I think there's also a world where you could see Sonny get extended in a fourth line role because of how just he fits the grinder role in a fourth line or, or third line. And we've seen him able to pinch big. up. And he's big and he can get nasty. And I think he fits. He can fit. And if a team's not going to come in, like really love him and say, here's a third round pick for Sunquist or uh, whatever, then I think he's one that could get extended. Now, there's a couple that I want to get to before we sign off. And first, I want to talk about uh, Alex Nadelkovich. So Alex Nadelkovich still killing it in Grand Rapids, playing very well. And Ottawa was just absolutely decimated. Uh, their goalie blows two. What was it? Two MCLs. Both his MCLs. That's insane. And uh, he's yeah, and he's out for the season now. Uh, Forsberg. There's no way he's coming back from double MCLs before the end of the season. That's just stupid to even not think ruled about. out. Yeah, not not ruled out on fucking Mars. I mean, it's there's no way on Earth that he is coming back. And Ned's born, right? Uh, I think they said injured. I don't think they said torn. They didn't use they the only word said torn. Several, they, they said it did not require surgery. I did yeah. see that. 
So um, really, 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 really bad looking is what Zoolander would say. Alex Adogovich could go to Ottawa. I mean, that's if they need a goalie and we've got extra. And I think Helberg is a really cheap, good backup for next season. If you want to resign him to a low money deal, if you could move Ned to Ottawa, they've got the money. They've got the prospects. They've got the picks. I, I don't see a situation where anything is bad there. And I mean, sure, you're giving up on Ned, but that's, I mean, yeah, he's expiring, expiring in the offseason. Exactly. And, and you've got Ottawa, who's also rumored to be potentially kicking the tires on Timo Meyer. Why? They're a young team. You bring in a guy like Ned, who's arguably still young. That would make sense because they're not necessarily giving up a lot, but they're giving up, giving up enough that's going to be beneficial to what Detroit's got going on. And if, especially if they do make that move for Meyer, that's just going to blow it open. If they make that move for Meyer, I wonder if going back the other way or maybe they pivot to trading Alex to because it doesn't seem like I don't I don't know. I know they traded for him and, and everything else, but I see a lot of people seem to think that that maybe he's not going to sign an extension there. And if that's the case, I mean, would you swoop in and try and trade for an Alex to Because the Wings need a goal scorer. They need one or two goal scorers going forward. I mean, it, it, you could develop one um, and you could trade for one or, or end up having to sign one in free agency. But they are going to have to, if the, if they want to get to that point where they're they're a playoff contender and then a Stanley Cup contender at one point or another, they need a guy that can put the puck in the net like Pasternak or like to bring it or like Timo Meyer. And I know I know Timo Meyer's not really on that level of like Pasternak to bring it, but I mean he's still a good player. But to bring it this season only has 17 goals in 51 games. He is 17 playing for goals, the Ottawa Senators. Though. 25 assists and 42 points. Let's be honest. He's playing for the Senators, and the Senators have had a lot of injuries. Josh Norris is out. Uh, for the whole season, and he was supposed to be their first and second line center. So th- there's a lot of injuries with Ottawa, and that, that's the, that's the one thing. It's like you know, if they if they're not going to re-sign him, they're certainly going to trade him. But I mean, he is an RFA, so still relatively cheap too. I think that that it it comes down to if if Ottawa's willing to give you assets for Ned, and Ned's a guy you're not playing currently, and he is performing well. It seems he's got his at least in the a at the AHL level where he has historically performed well, but you're not you're not going to resign him at the end of the season. He's a UFA and you're not playing him. So if you get any assets for him, it's a good trade. And I think that's where you could swing a deal with Ottawa, who absolutely needs a goalie and no one else has a good goalie that they're going to trade him unless they go after a Carl Velamaca in Arizona. That's the only other uh, other route I could see them going. But we have a, a a goalie who's ready to go and he could be traded. Absolutely. Yeah, I'd buy it. I got okay. nothing else. I, it, it just it would if, if you can let get rid of Ned going back to it that. And get something for it. It's a win. Not saying that what I mean, it, it was it's frustrating because I'll go back to before the season started thinking that we were going to have one of the top goalie tandems in hockey. But we were going to win every single hockey game, Ryan. I didn't think that, but man, did I not expect it to be as bad as it was. And I'm not saying that Huso was bad. He was their, the first half MVP, arguably, or at least through Christmas. And it just never came about for Ned, and it sucks. But if now you look at a team like Ottawa, you're like, hey, 
we've got a guy that can help you for the remainder of the year and maybe next year, or even look at Buffalo. One of these teams that are equally young, trying to make a name for themselves again. He's, he's, he's proven that he can win and do extremely well at the NHL level. Maybe that this is what Carolina saw and that's why they didn't, they were okay. Traded him off to Detroit. If you can get some type of, return there you you do it and it's not like he hasn't probably already tried before waving him or it because just the cap situation is that shitty that no one could actually pull him in so it's i would be happy if they were able to make that trade but who knows and ryan i'm gonna let you keep talking because what we're gonna end the night on is a subject that i swear to god if i have to bring it up one more time i'm going to mute it in all conversations that's jacob Vrana. Uh, Jacob Verana has appeared on some trade boards recently. He has been, I mean, pretty much killing it in Grand Rapids. It looks like he's getting back to form, uh, scoring goals. He's got a pretty good point streak going and he feels good. He did a uh, interview with The Athletic where he says he has absolutely no idea what's going on because it's not his decision. It's Detroit's decision. He loves playing for the team, loves putting the sweater on. Uh, everything that a player who still wants to play in the NHL would say, because no one's going to go into an interview and absolutely trash the team that owns their contract if they ever want a future in the league. So I take every single thing he said with a grain of salt, because that is what any smart professional would say. Yeah, but I mean, that, that is true. But if someone's really disgruntled and really wants to play, I mean, th- there are players that are going to voice their displeasure. I mean, look at sure. what Vitaly Kravtsov has done with the Rangers. I mean, that... It, that is is a guy that you know was a high draft pick and you know they they brought him over from Russia they they moved him to the AHL and now he's he's playing in the NHL i think he's back in the AHL now so i mean if if a player wants a voice of displeasure they they can voice it whether it be through their agent or or they want to say it themselves i mean you don't have to trash the organization with with voicing your displeasure for not being playing i mean the, the whole point of being a professional hockey player or someone in an organization is to try and help the team win. And when you're in Grand Rapids, you're not helping the team win. So I wouldn't blame him for being pissed. And honestly, I mean, yeah, maybe what he said is a little bit, you know, um, you know, trying to be I don't fluffy politi- political. I, I don't want to see it politically correct, but I mean, if he was really pissed and he wanted to let people know it, he would let people know it. I think. Sure. And then uh, there'd be a bunch of teams that would not touch him. That's I the don't problem. It'd be that, different though. if he was in the NHL right now and having these comments being like, what's with your playing time? Blah, blah, blah. It's like, oh, it's on it's on the coach and he'd, he'd be the, the subtle digs would likely be coming out. But even so with Vrana, what we've we've seen from him, I don't think that would happen anyways. There's certain players that you could could probably expect that from, but he's not even in the NHL. Have right to see you. Not, not even necessarily that, but I'm, I mean, in the league in general, there's certain players you could probably pick out that you're they're going to vocally be upset about their playing time. But he's not even in the NHL right now. So, and he's under contract with this team for a whole other season. So he has to say those things to not only sell himself to other GMs, but sell himself to this GM. Just saying, I guess what I mean is like, there would be subtle digs and and it would be something where like, if he really wanted to voice his displeasure and just say like, you know what, I'm doing everything that I can here in Grand Rapids. I really want to play for the NHL team. And, you know, I want to be able to help the team. I mean, yeah, I guess that's kind of like coach speaker, like, you know, being politically correct. But at least at that point, you're kind of like 
hinting at, okay, I really don't want to be in the AHL. I want to be in the NHL. I want to be helping my teammates. Um, and, you know, obviously it's up to the organization whether they want him to do that or not. I don't personally see a reason why he can't be in the NHL, but that's just me. Yeah, I mean, at this point, though, so Ryan, if you're trading Verona, what do you want as a return? And I think if he's talking nice and he's putting up goals and it seems like he has moved from an on ice perspective because we know absolutely nothing about off ice. But from an on ice perspective, it seems like he's back. He finished the player's assistance program. He's back. He's scoring goals. A team might want to see him in NHL action before the trade deadline. Is a team going to come and over offer for Verona, especially if you eat half the salary? You're going to have to have two teams eating half the salary because he's making over five million dollars. So you could do a three team trade where you eat half another team eats a quarter and then you're good. Uh, basically, I mean, you'd have to because Arizona to trade him. Yeah, sure. Arizona, because they're getting rid of chicken anyways. But but no, you, you're going to have to do something smooth like that to make it happen. We saw with David Savard, who was not remotely the same type of player that you could argue Jake Brana is. And we've talked about his 5v5 numbers. Teams are going to cherish that come playoff time and the rush to the playoffs. Now, you could see maybe more of a wildcard team try to make that move because if you got a guy like him under contract next year, it makes your decision on keeping certain players that you don't want to pay again, going to hit in UFA, that much easier. I don't really see them getting much more than a mid-draft pick, like fourth, fourth round maybe at this point. I don't care that he's putting up numbers in... Grand Rapids, you can look at his history, but you can also look at the history of him not being on the roster. But you don't think that someone would come in and say, fuck it, here's a second round pick for Verona? Especially a team with two second round picks because there are teams with two. They snort something at come trade deadline and they go, they start throwing first and seconds out there. I'm not, it, it could happen. Knowing that he has that potential, like we've already we're starting to see that again, like you said in Grand Rapids. He's throwing the puck at the net and it's finding seams and going in. If that's if if that's where he's going, it's gonna come back to the NHL and it's gonna come back fast. And he's gonna be putting the puck in net, whether it's in Detroit or whether it's elsewhere. And that's what certain teams, like I like you just said, could covet. But you're gonna need a three-team brokerage for that to happen. Yeah, I mean, the other thing is, is is could that be a situation where if you do um, trade for a Timo Meyer, would that be a guy that's going back that way? It's all what teams feel like they want to deal with because yeah. the teams are going to know everything we don't know. That stuff will all be divulged to the general managers of the teams that are trading for the player. That's the problem. So if you don't see him moved, if you see what he's doing and know the potential he can have, and know that he's gone through the program and has gotten out and is in Grand Rapids and says he loves playing there and loves helping the team and loves the Red Wings and loves being on the Red Wings and scoring goals and still doesn't get moved, then you know there is a much larger issue behind the scenes if he still doesn't get moved and post-deadline does not get brought back up. If both those things happen, then you're almost absolutely heading to a buyout in the offseason. But I just wonder what it is. I think everyone does. That's the problem. That's why people won't shut up. It's all rumors until there's something confirmed. And nothing you will think ever something be confirmed. Will be or no? No, no, because it's no one's business. That's the thing. It's no one's business. So a team is not going to say what it is. And Veron is not going to say what it is. 
So until something like that happens, no one knows. Unless he comes out and does what Bobby Ryan did and kind of tells his sure, side gets, of the story. Or whatever. gets caught in public doing dumb shit. That's the only way you're going to know what happens. But at the point, it's it's no one's business but theirs. And then but you can kind of tell from the business decisions that happen related to the player what the deal is. So, like I said, if no one bites, if you see him improving and no one bites at this trade deadline, even though, you know, Iserman's got the money to retain and, you know, there are teams like Arizona that will absolutely help for a throwaway pick because they need to get to the cap floor. Because they're not ever, 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 ever going to compete for anything. Because whatever, they have a hockey franchise just to be fun and cool. It's, there's a bigger problem. Especially if he's not traded and he's not brought back up post-deadline. Because I think that's what people are waiting for. People are waiting, they're saying, oh, we're going to trade off all these forwards. And then Ron has definitely got a spot coming up. So if you don't see him traded, and the second trade deadline's over, you don't see him recalled then you know there's a bigger issue. And then you know that he's gone in the offseason because there's no way that you don't take a talent like that, even though all the comments are he needs to work on his play away from the puck. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter when you've got a guy that can score goals at will. They can be the biggest defensive liability And ever. that has nothing to do with, with what's going on or what, what, sure. what was yeah, going no. on or whatever. They need to be able to say something, and that's what they've gone with. And that's they've bullshit. Gone with that. Sure. That's bullshit. And everyone because knows you know it what? is. Uh, Again, I'll say this before and I'll say it again. I, I remember, you know, watching Phil Kessel, it, his whole career, uh, different places, Boston, Toronto, Pittsburgh. He didn't play a whole lot of defense, did he? Alec Ove- Alex Ovechkin didn't play a lot of defense until a few years ago because until they told Barry him Trotz he had to. Came in to Washington. But so, I mean, my thing is, is like if it's if it's really the defensive thing, which I think is bullshit. That's something that he can still work out in the NHL. It's not like this is a team that's going to the Stanley Cup final and we need to, oh, everybody needs to play defense on this team. No, no. If you can score 30 to 35 goals and, and or 40 and, and you're putting the puck in the net more than anybody else on the team, you don't need to play a lick of defense. And that's bullshit. I'm sorry. It just is. We can put you on a line with more defensive players. If you are an offensive game breaker like Verona has shown he can be, the defense thing is just a throwaway line to get people to stop asking questions. And the biggest thing about defense, too, it's not like he has to be the best defensive forward on the team or anything close to like that. It's it's more just like show a little bit of effort, like even Phil Kessel for not being a good defensive forward, he still shows a little bit of effort and back checks a little bit. It's it depends on the team you're trying to talk about. If if, if you're on a playoff level team, Tyler, your points 100% valid. When you're a team that's not playoff level, you need all hands on deck no matter the situation. That that's where your double edged sword comes into place. We know that since with the loan coming in and when Eisenman showed up, he said you have to be defense first. The rest will come together. We've talked about this before. So if somebody's being accused of not playing, doing that, we've already seen them on their way out. So Kubalik, you could argue, is one of them. Sure. Okay. But here's here's the fun part. Right now, Jacob Rana has an EV defense of 3%. Not good. You know what his overall war is? 91. That's crazy. A 91 <laughs> war with a 3% defense. His EV offense is 82. His finishing is a 98. His goals per 60 is 100. His A1 per 60 is 91. So you are an offensive game breaker. I'll just put you with a defensive center and another defensive wing and let you have at it. 
Because if you're going to go score me goals at will, if you're going to go out there and we're in a, a one goal situation and I can throw you over the boards and you're going to go score, there's an 80% chance you're going to go score. That's that's what I want, which leads me to believe it's it's a much bigger issue. And well, that's also where you could argue that. Vrana gets you more than a fourth round pick. Sure. And that's that, what I'm saying. Yeah. So I think that's where we're going to end it tonight. We've gone over there as our trade deadline kind of pre pre deadline special, because like I said earlier, for the last two weeks before trade deadline, it's the same five guys repeating the same lines using different words. So there is our pre trade deadline kind of thing. Uh, the we actually record on trade deadline day. Uh, we will have Daniela Bruce on to recap what happens on trade deadline in the moment. I'm making her take notes as soon as trades happen, and it'll be a really interesting episode because we'll all basically be reacting in real time to what is happening, what it might mean. Um, But next week, we will have uh, known on Twitter as JJ from Kansas from Winging at Motown. Uh, The day before his last day at Winging at Motown, uh, there will be a lot of swear words, and JJ will kind of go through his career there and the downfall and uh, why corporates uh, suck at blog ownership but uh, that's gonna do it for us tonight ryan final thoughts before we sign off me a long three weeks is that how, how long the uh, the deadline is away well there are only 28 days in february so you can knock a few days off at the end it's a uh, couple couple weeks away either way it's gonna be a long three weeks especially when you have nhl network on today they're talking about larkin what's going on with his contract which thankfully pegnota as we mentioned at the start Instead, that deal seems to be imminent, which could be still the end of the season for all we know. But the name now, everything turns towards Bertuzzi. We talked about him last season. You'd argue even before that point. But the most bang for your buck still probably is with him. And you love it, you hate it, either which way. If it makes the team better, you love it. If it's just a third round pick in return, you're going to be pissed off and confused, kind of probably like we would be. So I, I don't know what's going to happen. I you can guess all day, but at the end of the day, is it going to make the team better? Are they going to be competing come trade deadline? And like I mentioned earlier, Tyler, to your point, like is is it going to be a soft sell where we're seeing a woman type trade again, and that's kind of things that's been getting floated around there is but you can you have to really dig deep into certain teams especially some of the better teams to find a player like jake woman out there so i don't know it's going to be a lot of painful head scratching speculation the next several weeks and i'm already over it so we'll see what happens but already ran 33 yeah my final thoughts kind of just ride the coattails of what ryan said i mean this these next couple weeks are going to be a shit show on Twitter, a shit show in general. Um, there's there's a lot of things that could and maybe will happen. There's also a scenario where they don't do a whole lot. Um, so I mean, it, it kind of just depends on where they where they're at and and what they do. Um, there's a lot of different scenarios and situations where they do a lot, or there's a lot of different situ- situations and scenarios where they don't do a whole lot other than maybe uh, like do what you say a soft sell kind of thing. So, I mean, we'll we'll see. I mean, there, there's we a know lot. they're not doing a fire sale. That's not happening. No, no, definitely. Well, what are you selling? Other than 10, your top 12 players to resell it, 12, 10, 12, 14 points no. out of it. 
maybe you trade Perron, maybe you trade Kubalik, maybe you trade Bertuzzi, maybe like I mean, you could see a scenario where all those guys are gone. If you if you're doing those things and Dylan Larkin's not traded, you might as well have just handed him and handed his packed his bags for him. Yeah, I think the thing the way you're looking at it is if the if you're saying, oh, fire sale, you're selling Hronik, you're selling Wallman, you're selling Mata, you're basically stripping the team down. Yeah, they're and, not going to do that. And leaving maybe. Larkin and Raymond and Sider, and that's not happening. Yeah, they're not doing that. But but I mean, the, the, some of the guys you can certainly see traded. And and if they fall out of it more, then you'll see more players traded than not. So, I mean, I'm not saying that they're going to go and gut everything. I'm just saying the guys that are on expiring contracts will be gone unless they can be resigned. Um and and other than that, I mean, some, maybe some other guys as well. So I don't know. You can follow me on Twitter at SealDog91 and discuss this further. My final thoughts are Dylan Larkin's wearing a pinstri- uh, pinstripe suit, so he's ready to get that money. He is dapper uh, today. Yeah, you should go see it. It looks like uh, it's reverse Beetlejuice is what's happening with the Dylan Larkin suit. Uh, but you can follow me online at Bringing the Wing. Follow the Grindline Podcast online at Grindline Pod. We'll give a shout out to the Hockey Podcast Network at HockeyPodNet for hosting us and spreading us around. You can check out our merch at redbubble.com by searching the grind line. You can sub to us on YouTube and follow our videos there. This is a time of year where stuff happens on non-recording days. So there will be uh, more smaller kind of what I've termed five minute majors happening in between episodes to keep people updated. So you can follow up on YouTube there and turn on the notifications for whenever those get posted. If you like stuff in video format we to give a shout out to vintage detroit which is the only place you should get your detroit jerseys from and worked on lynn over there is amazing so get all your stuff from there we to give a shout out to howie's hockey tape where if you use a promo code grindline you get 10 percent off your order if you use that same promo code on bring hockey back you get 12 percent off your order enjoy the nice crotch shot of tyler currently because i'm not done and he what stood up what are you doing tyler uh, <laughs> way to go tyler uh, my back yeah. hurt okay and again, redbubble.com, search the grind lane for our merch. Uh, but that's going to do it for us tonight. So for Ryan and Tyler, I am Greg. You stay classy, hockey town. <laughs> <laughs>